This program today is about reimagining rural. And why do we need to reimagine rural? I think that our rural values um, are very important to us, especially in the state of Montana, and they're rooted, I think, in rural America. We'll talk a little bit about that today, but um, it's it's more really about these communities that are taking advantage of an MSU extension program that are reimagining their their rural community and and what it means to them. And uh, we, we just got a, a good lineup today. And I want to thank uh, Tara Mastell, who's in studio here today, associate specialist with MSU Extension for lining up some folks who are reimagining rural in their communities. Uh, Mikey Molman, she'll be with us from Warden uh, on phone. Nate Cabanoff from uh, Cut Bank area. And then from Scobie, Daniel Sheridan uh, uh, County, uh, it'll be Tim Rask. And good morning, Tara. How are you? I'm great. Are you? Yeah. You are great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I appreciate you being in studio as well. Reimagining rural. What what do you make of of the context uh, of rural America is dying or rural America is struggling? Uh, you know, I think we've had that in our in the back of our minds. We've been trying to get past that for for a little while here. So, uh, uh, where is rural America? Are we dying? Are we struggling? Or are we getting to work? Well, gosh, yeah. I mean, that's just what we hear so much is is that rural is dying, that our kids are moving away. We just hear such a negative narrative. There's tumbleweeds rolling down the main street. And um, the fact is, is that um, people are moving to rural places. I mean, they always have. We hear about it right now a lot because of COVID. But, um, you know, rural is changing. Rural is not dying. Um, we Since the 70s, we've had a trend of... Um, People in their 30s and 40s moving to rural communities all across the country. Since the 70s. Yeah, since the 70s. But you don't hear about that. All we hear about is our our kids are leaving us. Um, So, yeah, rural is is just changing. A lot of the things that are happening around the world have an outsized impact on rural places, such as our families have – our household sizes are smaller. Mm -hmm. So when there's fewer people, there's smaller class sizes, there's fewer people in the town. Um, we shop online. <laughs> That's not, you know, some of these things that are happening all across the world, um, they have an outsized impact on, on small towns. And, and we a lot of times see that as, oh, well, our towns are dying. But actually, it's just the world is changing. Okay. Yeah, it just has an outsized impact on, on small towns. But our towns are, you know, definitely, you know, I grew up in Wolf Point. I mean, you, you know, our, yeah. our towns are, our rural towns are changing, but they're not dying. Okay, how... It, it changing in in a way um, that is positive, uh, negative, kind of neutral. Um, how how do you manage and, and keep what we like uh, to preserved about rural America through this change? Hmm. Gosh, that's you stumped me there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I just went home to our stampede, our rodeo, oh, and yeah. it's just so fun to see. Yeah. Just, the, I mean, the people that you grew up with, it's just so, it's so great. And I think that's why I'm just so passionate about this work is, is, um, our small towns. It's like your family growing up, you know? So, um, I think that, that quality of life is still there and, and that's, you know, over half there's studies that show that over half of people want to live in rural places. So rural is desirable. Um, people appreciate the quality of life and, um, yeah, I think it's changing, but it's not dying. How do we reimagine it then? What's this reimagining rural program all about? Oh gosh, it's the best. Well, and program. there have been a lot of communities that mm-hmm. have, have have taken part in this already. Yeah. I think like uh, two dozen plus, right? Yeah, we have had a, a little over forty okay. communities. We've yeah. done the the we've done it twice. We're opening up applications now to um, for the 
the third round of this virtual gathering. So we've got um, 40, about 40 communities that have gone through it. And what it, what it does is it, it just, it's, uh, we basically are bringing the conference to small towns because the people that run small towns are typically they own a business or they have another job. So they can't really drop everything and drive to Billings for the conference to hear about the new ideas. So what we're doing is bringing the conference to rural places. So people gather together um, and they listen to these speakers. So everybody does this all at once across the state. We had 23 communities last year, 24 the year before. So everybody gathers together in small groups around the state. And then, and then we have these speakers that, that have a very positive message about rural and then they get to hear them and then they talk about it. Like, okay, what does that mean for us? Like, how does that imply to us? And, and, um, and it's what we've, the cool thing is what we've seen is that it, um, we really encourage them to bring people from all across the town. Um, and so what, it's just been great to see these people from kind of cross borders, you know, like the rotary and the chamber and the hospital and just everybody comes together and, and talks about, okay, well, what are we, what are we doing here? What, what, where do we want our town to go? What do we want it to be in the future? Yeah. Have they been asking themselves that question or maybe they have, but they've not really done it in an organized and, and collective manner. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Well, especially with COVID, um, you know, people have, you know, not been out as much. So it just seems like a really great opportunity for people to come together. And, and every town does it different. Every town has a different, they do it themselves how they want it. That's the, that's what I love about it because you can't – every town's got a different thing. So um, some of the folks that are calling in, you'll see like some towns are um, – they want to make – be more hospitable to visitors. Others want to like, okay, where are we going to invest our money? Um, everybody's got a little different take on it. The um, and, and it leads – first it's a, a discussion, right? You get the, the community together for a discussion and, and uh, this is maybe that online conference thing. Then that gets the ball rolling. Then they go back and then they, they, they meet and try to, again, um, gather support from everybody and input in the community. And then, and then what? Um, well, so yeah, so there's, so what, ha- it's, it's three nights and, um, the, every night it's, it happens from six to eight. This year it's September 8th, the 21st and October 6th. Everybody gathers across the state at six o'clock in their town with their neighbors, you know, so it's, it's in person. <laughs> and, and so they, they gather and they hear the speaker and then they talk about it. So the, the first hour is, is hearing the speaker. The second hour is, is, um, talking about it. And we, we do a training. So we have a facilitator that's trained that helps make that conversation, um, a good one. The second, um, the second hour. And, and so what's happened a lot of, mo- I would say, most of these communities, so they have these three meetings and they're just really engaged and really excited because they see like, oh, wow, we're not doomed to failure here in rural. There's some really awesome things that are happening. There's some really positive trends that are happening and, and it changes their perspective. It cha- Like you said, attitude adjustment. They're like, oh, wow, we can do some cool things here. And they get inspired and they get more people involved and then they can... T- most of them, a lot of them have continued to meet in one way or another on whatever it is that they want to make happen in their town. It's different in every town. And it's, uh, it is a grant program uh, that will fund a variety of uh, initiatives. Uh, some of them are like training for local leaders. Local arts development is one area that you guys mm-hmm. wanted to key on. Mm-hmm. Community-sponsored activities. Um, 
And then um, here's one, including a permanent covered location for a farmer's market, a uh, history trail project. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but there's there's no limit to that, is there? Well, the main the main piece of it is the is the the attitude adjustment, the mm-hmm. information that they hear because it's you don't ever you don't hear that you don't hear positive stuff about rural anywhere really. It seems like so so that's the message. Um, the last two years we have been very fortunate to have um, a small grant program um, that's been offered by the Montana Community Foundation and First Interstate Bank Foundation. Um, I think we. I think we're going to have that again this year. I'm not positive about that. The grants were pretty small, but just enough to get people, like, mm-hmm. give them some seed money and help them implement some of the ideas, whatever it was that they thought was cool for their town. You have um, invited uh, several people, as we noted, uh, to be on the program today, and I really appreciate that mm-hmm. because it'll it'll give us an idea, paint a picture of what's happening in these communities. A bit later on, Tim Rask from the Scobie area, Nate Cavanaugh from Cut Bank. And first, let's welcome Mikey Molman. She's from Warden, Montana. And and, and Mikey, uh, good morning. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? I think we're good. We're all smiles here. Um, and I think good. part of that's the coffee. But um, the uh, when when you started this discussion, what did the community of Warden, Montana – um, lack or what what did they want when you just said when you guys decided let's define our community how did you do that well so for me i was a newcomer to the community i've always been um born and raised in montana and always in rural areas so um i saw this program and i it was a little intimidating to go in a group of people that you don't know anybody mm-hmm. but um yeah, it was definitely something that I felt was a need. Um, and we just kind of as a whole, if you were to kind of put a bubble around it all, we just wanted to bring more life to our community. We have um, a great Main Street with a lot of businesses, um, a few businesses, I guess I should say. But um, it just kind of looked deserted, like uh, Tara said in the beginning, you know, tumbleweeds rolling down Main Street. Um, so that was kind of our thing is to um, kind of, bring more life to Main Street and the community. And then uh, we are also a group of more than just Warden. We have Valentine and we have Pompey's Pillar and we have Huntley and Shepherd down the way. And we really wanted to tie everybody together and yep. kind of bring a more sense of community. Yeah, it's it's been, it was so great to hear, to have Warden involved. And it was great that they incorporated the community communities around it was just so exciting to hear what they they wanted to do, kind of kind of wake up this sort of sleepy little community is how they described it. Well, what was it you exactly. wanted to do? You, you took a, uh, as Tara had noted here, a very successful survey of the community members and, and learned about what they wanted to do. So what did they want to do? Did they, did they, they want to throw a party? Did they want to build a community <laughs> center? Did they want to have a farmer's market? Uh, did they want to just uh, take off their shoes and, and uh, kick around <laughs> in the park? Right. Well, um, I know street dance was a big thing. Uh, people wanted to be able to have more things in the community instead, instead of having to go to Billings to have some fun. You know, um, we are only 25 miles out of Billings. So uh, a, a lot of people have just gone that direction for their uh, family fun even. So that was a big one is having things to do with a family in the area. Um, yeah. So that has been one of our main focuses here. And uh, we've also done uh, local food truck nights, which has been really fun, um, getting the word out, and uh, we're focusing on that. And also, um, 
an event in the fall for a beef, beets, and barley festival. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what? I, I got a break here, and I want to come on back and then talk about that because those that you know again the specific things that are coming out of meeting and organizing. This is uh, again. It takes an attitude adjustment. Go ahead and play that other bumper, and uh, we'll uh, we'll come back to break and talk more with Mikey Molman from Ward, Montana. Nate Cavanaugh is going to be on the line as well from Cutbank, and Tim Rask from uh, Scobie. As we are reimagining rural today with Tara Mastel in studio from MSU Extension. It's from Montana for Montana Voices of Montana. A handful of citizens' initiatives fail to qualify for the ballot upcoming. Statewide drought abating some, but the heat and high winds recently have kick-started the fire season. Brian Bennett from the Northern News Network will have those headlines in just a bit. I'm Tom Schultz. We're back here at Voices of Montana. You can join us uh, on the text line at 781-627-5483 or 866-627-5483. If you want to learn more about this reimagining rural program and how it might work in in your community, msuextension.org. Uh, we'll get you there. Uh, you can backslash community development, but if you just do that that general search from MSU Extension Associate Specialist and Community Development Program Leader Tara Mastel is in studio. Nate Cavanaugh's on the line. We'll get to Nate here in just a bit from Cutbank. They're reimagining rural there and back more with Mikey Molman from Warden, Montana. Hey, and Mikey, um, uh, you know, Tara sent me some information here about beef, beets, and barley. Even that name in and of itself uh, tells me that uh, it's, it's someplace I want to go and, and want to, you know, want to take part in. What's that all about? Yeah. So we um, really wanted to highlight like what our one of the big industries in our in our small area is. And it's egg. We have lots of beef. We got beets, barley and other things as well. But um, we thought the three B's would be pretty good one to focus on for this trip here. Okay, so um, um, so I, I I'll go to this, and what will I do? I'll uh, I'll, I'll get me a plate so, of beef, beets, and then barley. Yes. I suppose comes in the uh, liquid form, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Uh huh. <laughs> maybe. Um, so we actually tied together a bunch of different local groups here. Some uh, we've got AAU wrestling. Um, we've got uh, the we're tying in Western Sugar Co-op and Coors. Um, Cattle Women's is helping out, and um, FF or FCCLA and FFA, and um, they're all helping make all this happen, which is great. And um, we're kind of connecting local groups, which is another goal of ours. But yeah, to come on out, we're having a barbecue, beverages, and dessert um, from five to eight in, on September 24th. There'll be a kids' fun area, which. We'll be decorating sugar beets like uh, Mr. Potato Head, but sugar beet head. <laughs> uh, I want some of that. I want in on that. Right? Yeah. yeah. What I love got, what I love about okay. this, Mikey, I just want to just jump in and just say, like, so when you when Marilyn Roan from your community came to us and said, hey, we want to participate, she had this goal of, like, bringing people together and kind of creating a sense of community and um, some excitement for the area. And I just, it just like warms my heart that that's exactly what's happened. And now you have all these groups working together and you have this cool couple of events that are bringing the community together to get to know each other and um, create that sense of community, which um, I think you probably already had, but you've got a lot of new people moving in there and um, just creating that sense yeah. of community and pride is pretty, pretty dang exciting for us to see. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. We we've got um, 
educational booth as well for kind of not everyone knows the process of sugar beets or what happens with them or even the barley. And um, so we're going to have not only the kids fun area, but uh, education for adults. And then uh, Montana vendors too support some local uh, people to sell their goods and then finish her off with a street dance. Let, let me ask this question, and then we'll uh, we'll have to conclude. We got a news break upcoming here. Um, the uh, do you feel the community coming together? Do you, and and from 100%. that, do yes. you? What's the next project then? I mean, do you have the momentum because of this now to continue to reimagine your rural community? Absolutely, we can kind of feel the buzz building in our community. Um, in the beginning, we were. You know, some people were kind of feeling like, oh, nothing's happening. But it definitely, uh, we really have only been meeting as groups since March. So this is a pretty good event that we've got planned um, that we've, you know, and, and it's bringing more people as well. So the word's getting out there and people are excited. So that's always a good Good thing. Mikey, uh, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I appreciate you being on here, too. We've got to take a break. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? How can people in your area or even people in other communities see what you have done and maybe contact you to get a head start on uh, their projects? Yeah, we actually made a, um, a Facebook page that we are Community Project Connection. And we also have an email, which is Community Project Connection at Gmail. Um, and we post you know, our food truck nights and all that on there. And you're, anybody is welcome to join our group. More the merrier. All right. Thank you. Uh, someday um, I'll, I'll probably wander over there. Uh, it's going to be September 24th, beef, beets, and, and barley. It doesn't have to be in that order, right? Can I can I do barley first and then the beef and the Absolutely. beets? Absolutely. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for what you're doing, Thank Mikey. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of buzz, I mean, there's a buzz going on in Cup Bank right now as well. And Nate Cavanaugh, a business owner there and a school counselor, will join us next to talk about how they're reimagining rural. Now, rural America changing, but that doesn't mean it's dying or struggling. Matter of fact, uh, people are getting to work and reimagining rural. We're talking about that. The program actually from MSU Extension, Tara Mestel, is in, in studio. I'm Tom Schultz here. And thanks again for joining us. Let's welcome um, Nate Cavanaugh. From uh, Cupbank, Montana, he's a business owner and a school counselor there as well, and they have initiated a reimagining rural program. Good morning, Nate. How you doing? Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the air. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate that, and thanks for what you're doing in the community. Um, I do have to say, because Jim O'Day uh, from the Cupbank area uh, was on the program yesterday, and he wanted to give a shout-out to you. Uh, so yeah, Jim O'Day says hello. Good guy. Says you're a good family. No, yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're um, his family had the Western Breeze, which was the newspaper in Cupbank, and then mine. My family had the Pioneer Press for a long time, so I feel like that's just a kind of a great example. Is you don't have to live in Cupbank to still be part of the Cupbank community for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about um, your your community because uh, I, I, I think as Tara had noted, uh, or Tara, why don't you set this up um, for you know what when when Nate uh, became a part of the program and, and Cupbank um, um, what. What was the start of that? Yeah, so um, I didn't even really know what hap- what was going on in Cup Bank. I was at a, another meeting and I heard the mayor of Cup Bank just going on and on about how reimagining rural changed how they um, perceive their town and um, brought people together. And it was just really exciting. So I reached out to them to see um, if they would be able to share their experience. And um, the mayor said Nate would be a great person to talk to. So 
what they're doing, I think, is really interesting. A lot of communities have, not a lot, but some of the communities from Reimagining World this last time have um, wanted to take a look at how their community is perceived and how visitors perceive their community. And that's kind of um, where Cutbank came at it. And I think Nate has a great story behind that. Yeah, yeah talk about it, Nate, because uh, I've had uh, some close cousins who grew up in Cutbank as well. And um, I remember coming into town and seeing the penguin and, uh, you know, the, the coldest spot um, on the planet, so to speak. Uh, uh, that, uh, that, yeah. that didn't make me want to stay all that long. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's exactly kind of yeah, our experience with reimagining role is changing how others perceive our community, but also changing how we perceive our community ourselves. And so that's something that we really took away was that shift. And I think you kind of mentioned it earlier in the program about, um, you know, oh, my goodness, the town is dying. The classes are smaller. We don't have as many businesses. And, you know, just it's really easy to spiral down into that. And it's really hard to do anything when you're in that mindset. And so I think this program really helped us get on the same page as a community and leaders in the community and just change that focus of what we don't have or what we used to have or um, what the oil industry used to be to cut bank decades ago, you know, and just change our focus on what we do have and what is going well, because when we change that, you know, focus, there is a lot of stuff that's going well here. And it's a whole lot easier to just, you know, make what is going well better than it is to start from scratch or try and chase um, what was going well in the past. And so the project that we're running with is a community branding project, because a lot of the things that we talked about our community needing was helping um, new residents, and even current residents and then visitors just navigate our town and where things are. Because we do have a lot of amenities. It's just that a lot of times people don't know know where they are. Um, Because I feel like small towns are um, unique in that, you know, addresses don't really exist. You just say, oh, well, you know where Jacobson's live. Well, you just go down past that. And so it's really hard for newcomers to know. I love that. uh, um, so yeah. Well, um, I only, I only have thirty seconds here, but talk about the the range of groups now that that have bought in on this. I think that was maybe a welcome surprise for you. Yeah. So the city um, is really on board, which is really nice. Um, I'm the president of the chamber, and so we've got the chamber on board. Cutbank Trails is a pretty active group, um, and so we've got them looped in, and then the Port Authority for the county. Um, I mean, Glacier County Extension, Carrie Lewis has been a big help. Uh, and so that's kind of the other thing is we all want something to go in a positive direction. All right, stand by. Nate, Nate Cavanaugh is with us, and we're back with more Reimagining Rural today on Voices. Again, uh, Tom Schultz alongside. Thanks for being here. Uh, we're talking with Nate Cavanaugh. He's from Cut Bank, a business owner there, school counselor, and, and um, one of the leaders in the community are taking this reimagined rural program uh, to um, the, the next level. Tara Mastell is in studio, and she's an associate specialist with MSU Extension and the Community Development Program leader. And, Tara, I, I wanted to, before we go back to Nate, um, ask you about this newcomer survey because as uh, you, you can't do these things without really getting some data and trying to understand why people are living here, why people are moving away, what uh, what can we do that might incentivize them and their children uh, to be able to stay? 
Yeah, we did a newcomer study. So our main speaker with Reimagining Rural was this Ben Winchester from University of Minnesota. And he did the study, and we replicated it here in Montana um, so that we could have our own data um, about who's moving into our Montana communities and why are they moving. What we found was, just in a nutshell, um, they're really not moving because of jobs. Two, only a third of them move because of a job. They're moving for quality of life reasons like um, extra space to enjoy the outdoors, um, quality of life. Um, Two-thirds have never lived there before. So only a third of the people moving into our towns have, have lived there before. And um, I just want to qualify that about half of the people that did our survey moved from within Montana. And about half moved from outside of Montana. So everybody always thinks, oh, the out-of-staters. But no, there's a lot of people moving around inside the state. That's good data. Uh, Nate, um, uh, how does that play out in your town? I think that's, like, I can relate to that data because um, just being in the schools, I see that there's a lot of families um, that are moving into Cut Bank. And they you know, there's some from Arizona, Washington, Oregon, but also um, some from Libby and Kalispell and just other parts of Montana. Um, so I can relate to that information, and I think it applies to our area, too. You guys have used the Reimagining Rural program to get a, a different range of community groups together and have decided that um, you want to take on a branding project. So um, I, I think that's, that's good. I, I mean, it makes um, – you'll there'll be a lot of data, I think, coming your way in trying to understand that. So um, rebranding then leads to what for your community? Yeah, so I, branding I think is the first step to a lot of other things that we want to do, which one of them is signage, right? So branding – um, gives us kind of the colors and fonts and kind of the aesthetic of things, but also it helps us figure out who's coming to our community and what they need help finding. Um, and so that's kind of the first step. And then one thing we talked about with branding is it can really help with recruitment, um, which applies to our schools and hospitals because they talk about how they're, you know, people that are looking at jobs here are looking at the chamber page, the city page, and other things like that. And I think in Cut Bank, we really try to promote our town, but we're not all promoting the same message. And so that can be confusing to people um, looking for information. And so branding can really help clean up that. And like you said, you think of probably like wind and cold, and that isn't the message that we want people to see when they first go to our, you know, Google us, I guess. Have you decided what message that is? Then I know it, it takes a process. Where are you at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're right now. We have a firm that we're looking at using, but we're um, gathering, getting all the groups kind of to buy in, quite literally, by contributing um, to this project because it's more than the grant that we got. Like um, Tara had said, it's kind of like seed money for us. And so I think the benefit of having someone else do it is how we might define ourselves and what we think is important um, might be different than what like an outside firm might think and i think that's really valuable information because we could we might dwell on the wrong information and i think it's good to kind of get a more objective party to say hey i think this is really what you should focus on this is the need um because like we've talked about earlier it's easy to get hung up on what we used to be what sustains this program for cut bank because there's a difference between cheerleading and and then leading a community so to speak Uh, uh, what can sustain this program for cut bank montana I think, um, like with all these entities, I think with each one, 
taking on a little bit um, of the project or maybe an additional project going forward. Um, you know, I think the chamber right now can lead the charge, but I think part of why we chose this one is that a lot of different entities can utilize it. So I, I could see the city kind of running with it um, and seeing how it can help them in what makes sense for them and the chamber for us. Um, and so I think it'll be a, a group effort is what will sustain it because it would be a lot for one small town organization to do by itself. I, I really appreciate the the effort that's that's going into this. And, and um, as uh, you had told Tara, there's there's kind of a, some energy now. There's a buzz going on at Cut Bank. Yeah, like there's um, – I feel like once we got out of that funk, um, it's almost like a mourning period, right? I mm. feel like we're done mourning what Cut Bank used to be, and now it's, we're figuring out what we can be, and we're trying to fix up town. We've got – more restaurants here than when I moved back in 2018. You know, I feel like there's there's things coming up. I feel like a while ago people were scared to invest because they weren't sure what town was going to do. But I feel like I feel like there's just good energy, and I feel like we're emerging from COVID in a really good place. A little bit of an attitude adjustment. Yeah, definitely. I like it, Nate. Uh, uh, stay in touch. Say hello to your mom and dad for us too. Okay, and everybody up there in Cup Bank. Yeah, I will. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, Nick Cavanaugh again. Uh, he's president of the chamber up there, but a business owner, a cut bank school counselor as well. Any uh, any thoughts on what they're doing? I mean, Nate, uh, obviously pretty good spokesperson. I think he kind of nailed oh a lot of these things. He's so so great. Um, yeah, I think I think what he's doing is exemplifies reimagining rural. Um, so we bring in the ideas through the program. Community talks about it. They get excited. We give them a little bit of money, and then they match it. Like here in Cut Bank, they're gonna more than quadruple triple they're yeah yeah a lot of communities are doing that they're taking that seed money and they're 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 going around they're getting a little money from the chamber from the city from the economic development group and they're pulling that money together to do kind of a bigger project and yeah like what he said um you're getting these buy-ins from from other groups that now um can take it individually and then kind of redirect it to meet their more specific needs but still keep the community in mind on that all right, we're going to go. Uh, thanks, Nate, again. Appreciate that. Uh, good stuff there. We're going to go over to Scobie, Montana. Tim Rask is uh, going to join us next here as they are reimagining rural there in the far northeastern corner of the state. Back with more in a bit. Tara Mastell is in studio again, MSU Extension Specialist, Associate Specialist. She's the Community Development Program Leaders. We're talking about reimagining rural program that is now uh, launching into its third year. We'll talk about applications here in just a little bit. But uh, so, uh, a, a group over there in um, in one of our favorite parts of the world, God's country, but everywhere in Montana's God's country is uh, Scobie, Montana, uh, the old home um, home neighborhood. Tim Rask joins us now. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good morning. Uh, doing great. Appreciate you being here. So um, I, I, I know Scobie a little bit, and uh, – as you're reimagining rural up there, there's a lot of active, I think, community groups going on in Scobie. So, kind of got a little bit of a head start, didn't you? Um, yeah. Still yeah, had work guess, to do, though. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, there's still work to do. Um, we got involved with reimagining rural. Um, just seemed like we needed to promote our community, um, figure out how to do that, and. Uh, saw the reimagining rural stuff out there and decided we wanted to to uh, participate and see what other communities across Montana were doing and how they were doing it. 
Um, we got into this. We didn't really have a specific project in mind like some of the other communities did, but uh, we had 12 to 13 people that, that came to each one of the sessions last fall. Um, we did put in for one of the grants, and I guess uh, our plan, which uh, we haven't been able to pull off just yet, um, we are going to have a community gathering to bring all the clubs, organizations, and groups in the county together and just sit down and, and kind of reintroduce what each club and organization does and what projects they've got going on so we can see, you know, is there a spot for the Scobie Alumni Foundation's project? Is there a spot for the chamber to help out? Or if the Booster Club or the Lions Club has got a project going on, you know, is there something that Beacon Community Foundation here could, could help with? And, and how does each club and organization fit in? And I guess on a bigger scale, what, what does everybody in the community see as, you know, our biggest need? What do we need to be doing to promote SCOBY and Daniels County to the rest of Montana and, and maybe beyond that? I mean, we, we do have a lot of stuff going for us. Um, we recently had the Lefsa Shack move here. We've got Farver Farms producing lentil crunchers. We've got, we just this last weekend opened up our own brewery with uh, Pleasant Prairie Brewing. Oh, I, I heard uh, it took a little while. There were some delays there, but... Uh... There a lot of, uh, I think they had a lot of licensing issues. And, and of course, with COVID, the, the construction drug on I know, uh. a lot longer than what they wanted. Um, you know, it seems like everybody's having that issue, but they did finally have their grand opening this past weekend. And uh. From what I heard, it was very well attended. Um, so yeah, our, our goal was just, you know, what do we need to do to promote SCOBY in Daniels County and get word out of, of the stuff that we're doing here and, and what a great little community this is to live in. Um, Tim, I have to ask you a question. So it was so fun when we talked last week, you, you said that, um, the small town stories of success was pretty impactful for your group when you gathered. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what we, that, that was so cool to hear that because that's what we do is we feature stories of, well, s- some hard data on, you know, changes that rural's not dying, rural's just changing. Um, but then we also share some stories of success from real Montana communities run by volunteers. And that was pretty encouraging when you said that was pretty inspirational for your folks. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're very volunteer oriented up here. You know, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to come in and do it for us. Yep. Um, you know, and I guess we're, we're pretty, we've got a lot of pride in our community as well. And I think it's shown over the years. Um, you know, when, when I was in high school, we built a, a brand new gymnasium all from, uh, community donations. We've got a, a million dollar swimming pool that was put there because of volunteer donations. Um, you know, there's a lot going on up here. Just what do we need to do to promote ourselves and uh, bring in more tourists, more business, um, you know, kind of try to make sure that that we're doing the best we can to, to make SCOBY the best place possible for, for everybody that wants to be here. Tim, what would you say um, to other communities that are looking at engaging um, Reimagining Rural, this program, and for their communities? I think the most beneficial thing for us was to to kind of get the ideas from what everyone else was doing and see what what would fit with us. Um there were there were ideas that uh well, I I know one session Roundup's got a a community 
uh, backed daycare in their school. Um, and Harlowtown has their uh, music on Main Street deal that they're doing. Um, you know, that, that's not necessarily going to fit every community, but it was great to see those ideas and how they how they implemented them. You know, maybe we don't necessarily need a daycare, although it seems like that's a need everywhere as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if we needed something else, the plan they used to bring that into the community and get people involved in that can be used for other projects. And I think that was a big thing for us, and that's kind of why we want to bring everybody together and see what, what different projects the different groups have going on are there things that some of the other groups can bring to the table and maybe speed things up or or just help out in general? Tim, I, I appreciate the effort. Um, I know it takes uh, – people are, are working off a lot, two, three or more jobs. and uh, But but to care like that for the community, for your uh, the future of that, I, I think says a lot. So thank you for that. We only got 30 seconds left. And, and Tara – um, applications uh, for the, the third round are mm-hmm. upcoming, right? Yeah, the applications are open right now. We're accepting them until August 9th. Um, you can go to our website. Um, MSUextension.org. Yep. yep, and find us there. We're the Community Development Program. It's Reimagining Rural. And, yeah, we have those applications. It takes It takes, you know, a little bit to put it together, but I would say you can probably do one in less than an hour, and um, we'd there love to go. have more communities this year. Tim, thanks a lot. Be well, okay? You too. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Tara. See you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to Voices of Montana. Comments and opinions heard are those of the host or callers and not necessarily those of this station, sponsors, or Northern News Network. Join us Monday through Friday at 9.06 for Voices of Montana.